1: Hey, friends, Bill Press here. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. I want to be sure you know my new book is out. Uh, Not so subtle. The title, Trump Must Go, the top 100 reasons to dump Trump and one, maybe, to keep him. It's available anywhere books are sold. Um, Best place to get it is go to our website, billpressshow.com special discount there for ordering the book and a way that you can add your own reasons to dump Trump let's do it now
2: giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration this is the Bill Press Show Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show.
3: Yes, indeed, it is The Bill Press Show. Hello, everybody. My name is Peter Rogburn, and I am sitting in for Bill Press today while he is out promoting his new book, Trump Must Go. Make sure you get yourself a copy. Uh, But he will be back for the rest of the week. But for today, you've got me and what a day it is. Christine Blasey Ford will meet the Senate Judiciary Committee this week. It's going to happen it's going to be Thursday, so we'll have all the details on that coming up in the program. Don't forget, you can watch us at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show or on Free Speech TV, listening to us on your favorite progressive talk radio station, or listen to the podcast which we put up every single day. I uh, We're going to get into the the Brett Kavanaugh stuff because, I mean, when I tell you there's a lot of stuff to talk about, folks. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Running the board, of course, is Ray Rogers. Hello, Ray.
4: Hi, good morning.
3: Doing the work of uh, three people in there uh, w- because it's just you in there.
4: It's just me in here. It's quite lonely.
3: <laughs> and once
4: again, big news when Bill is out. Always. Always, always, always. Always. Buckle when, up yeah. when Bill is out. When
3: we see that Bill is going to be out, it's just like, oh, God. You have
4: to brace yourself.
3: Oh, God. You know, one story I wanted to talk about before we get into the the Christine Ford uh, Brett Kavanaugh stuff. Are you a fan of Taylor Gourmet?
4: You know, not really. Neither am I. Um, there is one thing that I like, and it's sort of like the crappy version of it. But their arancini, like they're rice risotto sure, balls, sure, sure, they're actually sure. kind of good.
3: Okay, well, here's the thing you'll no longer be able to eat there ever again. Oh, I so heard. If and... you're if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, you, there's a local chain called Taylor Gourmet, which is a Philadelphia-inspired sandwich shop. They do hoagies, right? Uh, and they don't do much for me. They used to be a lot better, frankly.
4: They're really nothing special. They're really mm-hmm.
3: not. They're really not. And they used to be a lot better. And then they expanded. They got like 17 locations around D.C., And they announced that they are abruptly closing over the weekend. And it's very, very interesting. A friend of mine, Jessica Sidman, wrote the story about what happened and why they're closing shop. Because they're everywhere. There's
4: one near me, actually, in Arlington.
3: They seem to be very popular. People seem to like them. Well, she said that they are all closing shop immediately. They're blaming uh, the fact that they rapidly expanded. However... There were people who uh, were within the company and we talked about this on the show. After Donald Trump was elected, he made a big point to invite a lot of business leaders and business owners from around the country to come and meet with him. He met with the CEO of Under Armour and a bunch of other people. One of the people that he met with was this guy Casey Van Patten who runs Taylor Gourmet. And he Casey It's
4: the Trump effect, y'all.
3: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I said at the time I was like We run a show, and we run a podcast network and studio here, and if Donald Trump was to say, oh, you guys are doing great things, we would like for you to come to the White House so we could talk to you, I'd say no. Absolutely not.
4: There's only one correct answer to that question. No. No.
3: No. So this guy from Taylor Gourmet went and met with Donald Trump at the Small Business Roundtable. They said that business, the day after they met with Trump, dropped 40% and, quote, never recovered in fact they put up a sign uh like after this whole trump flap happened that said less politics more hoagies
4: that's not how it works no no food is political
3: our sales dropped 40 percent the day after the meeting with trump one source who spoke on the condition of anonymity and it persisted and never ever got better
4: They should have just asked Jimmy Fallon if it was a good idea to go to that meeting.
3: It's not a good idea to meet with Donald Trump and put him in any positive light whatsoever. So look, I'm not a big fan of Taylor Gourmet. It's not like I'm going to miss them or anything. But let it be said that Donald Trump is a curse on his business, your business, whatever, right? Keep your business away from Donald Trump. He will destroy it.
2: On your radio, on TV, and online, this is the Bill Press Show.
3: Yes, it is the Bill Press Show here on a Monday, September 24th, everybody. My name is Peter Rogburn, sitting in for Bill Press today while he is out promoting his new book, Trump Must Go, where he gives you 100 reasons why Donald Trump must be removed from the presidency. And as he says in the book, there's one reason why we should keep him in the presidency. I'll let you figure that out on your own. You could check out uh, a list of more reasons, by the way, because a uh, hundred reasons at the time that Bill turned his book in a couple months ago, uh, it's obsolete. So we're taking your suggestions for new reasons why Donald Trump must go at BillPressShow.com. Just look at the right-hand side of the page. You'll see a, a screenshot or a picture of Bill's book. Uh, just click on that and it'll take you to a page where you can submit your reason reasons. We got lots of good ones. So go check that out. Trump must go. A hundred plus reasons why Donald Trump must go. Well, folks, what a weekend we had. Uh, Good grief. Since we last spoke, we have lived a thousand lifetimes. (laughs) We have been through so many different uh, cycles of news. I, I just think that probably the most prudent thing to do would be to just Walk everybody through it, uh, in case you went offline over the weekend and weren't paying attention. That's fine,
4: or blinked because yeah. so much happens so yeah. quickly.
3: Yeah, like I, I barely even remember what happened last week. It was such a, it was so crazy. When we last spoke, there was still a will she or won't she testify to the Senate Judiciary Committee. We're talking about Christine Blasey Ford, uh, the woman who we now know has accused Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault. It's an incident that took place uh, several years ago, 36 years ago, uh, and she came forward to say that he did sexually assault her. I should say attempted sexual assault because uh, she was able to escape. Uh, There was a piece in the Washington Post over the weekend that talks about how she has been running from this incident her entire life and how she moved away. She moved across the country to get away from the people that she knew at school and the people who knew that this incident might have happened when they were younger. And after Donald Trump won, knowing that he would get the chance to appoint someone to the Supreme Court before the Neil Gorsuch appointment happened. She was very worried and concerned that it was going to be Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, you know, these people, that get nominated for the Supreme Court. You know, they, they're they groomed for it. They're entitled. So it's not like a surprise. You know these people are coming. So Brett Kavanaugh's name has been in the mix for quite some time. So she knew that her sexual assaulter could be on the Supreme Court. And it talks about how she spent so much of her adult life horrified, horrified that this guy who was responsible for the dark one of the darkest memories in her life, the darkest experiences she's ever had in her life, could be on the highest law of the land or in the highest court of the land. And so she talks about how she began panicking before Neil Gorsuch uh, was nominated. And then after Neil Gorsuch was was uh, appointed or nominated, she said she felt this huge sigh of. She was able to breathe this huge sigh of relief, and then of course, when Brett Kavanaugh's name was brought up this time around, it, she just, she talked about like she had a panic attack.
4: It's just PTSD. It is. It really is. And yeah. when you, that's another facet of why don't these women come forward. A lot of times, it's not only because they think that they won't be believed, which oftentimes they aren't. It's that it reopens the trauma for themselves.
3: If you want to know why women don't come forward to report this, just just look at the last week. Just look at the last week of news. Right? And, I, and like, I, I understand there are still a lot of people out there that just say, like, oh, why, why don't the women speak? Donald Trump sent out this awful tweet. Why did no one call the FBI 36 years ago? I mean, I, I don't feel like we have to explain to you why that's such a insane thought to have. But just look at the way that she's been treated. She had to move out of her house. She had to go into hiding. I saw an interview with some of her neighbors. They're just like, poof, she's gone. We, we used to always see her out walking her dog, and now we don't see the dog anymore. They're out, you know, who knows where everybody is. They're far flung. They're like... The family has been completely thrown in different directions because they just have to stay safe. They're getting literal death threats. So, yeah, why don't women come forward? We are now at a point where essentially everybody seems to sort of agree that this incident happened between Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blaser Ford. He assaulted her 36 years ago. And now it's just sort of like, yeah, hey, what big deal. Boy, either boys will be boys, or that was a long time ago, or he was too young to be held accountable for it. Like you see all these different excuses that people are coming up to excuse sexual assault. So yeah, I understand why women don't come forward, and, and it should be very, very obvious by now why they don't. It's sad. So when we when we last spoke on Friday we did not know if this was actually going to happen. She had had sort of a list of uh, uh, things that she wanted to have met before she would come and testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. The Senate Judiciary pushed back. Uh, there was some back and forth and eventually it came down to I mean, it was like Friday night at almost 10 o'clock that it was decided yes, She will be able to have her chance to speak. It was Chuck Grassley. Forgive me. It was 1142 p.m. on Friday night that Chuck Grassley sent out this tweet, which was a weird tweet, by the way. It's almost like he thought he was trying to send somebody a direct message, but he says, and again, these guys don't know how to spell or proper punctuation, so I'm just going to read it the way that he wrote it. Judge Kavanaugh, I just granted another extension to Dr. Ford to decide if she wants to proceed with the statement she made last week to testify to the Senate. No, period. She should decide so we can move on. No, period. I want to hear her, period. I hope you understand it's not my normal approach to be indecisive that I, you got to see the tweet cuz it's like he shortens it. like i hope you the letter u understand it's not my normal approach to be lowercase b indecisive. there's one period in the whole tweet there's no comma it's just these guys can't read it right these guys can't read it right uh so then we get the word, okay, all right, okay, it's happening. Thursday, 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 we're going to see the, I, I don't want to say showdown because I really am tired of, of all the gamesmanship and, and uh, build up around this as if it's some sort of political event. It's, it's, it's a woman's trauma. It's the trauma of a lot of women who have had to relive this in, in a very public way uh, over the last week or so. So we get the Chuck Grassley tweet and okay, it's it's happening. It's happening. Oh. Oh, but wait. Then on Saturday, we get the news of Garrett Gentry. Who is Garrett Gentry? Who is he? He's the spokesman for the GOP on the Kavanaugh nomination. He works directly with the Senate Judiciary Committee. He's been the guy that's been the communications aide for Chuck Grassley and everybody on the Senate, all the Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Well, he stepped down on Saturday because of a sexual harassment allegation against him. This is the guy who's forming the, the Republicans' sort of public face of response to Christine Blasey Ford, a woman who has accused Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault, a man who is a sexual harasser himself. He had to step down on Saturday. He is the guy who's been coordinating the party's messaging on how you handle... This sexual assault victim, he's a sexual harasser himself. So when you see all these Republicans talking about Christine Blasey Ford and it's been, you know, such a long time and, oh, they were so young and, oh, it might have been some other guy, it turns out that this is all being calculated and put together by a guy that's guilty of the same thing. And that's not even the biggest part of the story. So then Sunday morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, the story comes out. Oh, Brett Kavanaugh has exactly what he needs to exonerate himself. It turns out he has calendar entries saying he was never at the drunken party that she claims that he was at when he assaulted her. Now look, folks, (laughs) things have gotten a little easier in terms of calendars because we keep them on our our phones all the time, right? I'm still not great at keeping it, but this is pre-iPhone what, right. Yeah.
4: No, I guarantee you, think back to your high school days. Any party that you ever went to, did you pencil it in? I was in? about to say,
3: I was supposed to say, like, first of all, I'm not keeping a calendar when I'm in high school.
4: Okay, I did, but I did not write the parties down in there. Okay, them.
3: that's fair. I didn't keep a calendar of my social life when I was in high no, school. There's no, no. there's no I I don't way. even do
4: that now. No. I'm not no way. so popular. I can remember where I need to be. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, look, if I have a party, I just go to the party. I don't write it in my journal. Yeah, same. (laughs) So this is a guy in high school who kept a journal about a drunken party that he went to? That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You don't do that. That's just not a thing. Well, this is complete clown shoes crazy. And by the way, the person that this from the New York Times that reported this, I want to see that. I want to see that calendar. I want you to prove to me that it came from the 1980s and this is not something that you just made up in the last week.
4: It's also like Dr. Ford can't exactly pinpoint the exact party, where it was, the date, the time. Right. All of that information is fuzzy, not only from trauma, but also decades passing. Right. So there's no way that he can now just pull out a piece of paper and say, hey, right, I have a written record that I wasn't at it's- this party
3: laughable it is laughable at best it's laughable so then that was sort of the thing yesterday okay well this is what we're going to start seeing now this is it's starting to take shape we're starting to see his you know quote unquote defense of of uh of of the incident we'll get to see her accusations play out so then Things start circling. Rumors start circling. Yesterday afternoon, there's another woman. There's another woman. The Drudge report says Ronan Farrow and Jane Mayer from the New Yorker uh, are set to have a piece.
4: I would also just like to say, bless Ronan Farrow.
3: Bless Ronan Farrow, absolutely. And bless Jane Mayer, by the way, who 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 yes. has a co byline on this piece. Who Jane Mayer uh, has been a journalist for. Uh, probably longer than Ronan Farrow has been alive. I mean, she's been around for a long time. She covered the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas stuff. She knows what the hell she's talking about. And so does Ronan Farrow. It's not to take away from either of them. It's just their their forces combined should be terrifying if you've ever committed any kind if of sexual na- assault. Yeah, if
4: your name is anywhere above their name, yeah.
3: uh, <laughs> watch out. You're in trouble. <laughs> You're in trouble. So they, they there was a rumor that they, had, they were working on a story together. So then, Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels' attorney, uh, also seems to be a nominee for president in 2020. Or not, not nominee, candidate. He put out a tweet yesterday afternoon, early evening. I represent a woman with credible information regarding Judge Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. We will be demanding the opportunity to present testimony to the committee and will likewise be demanding that Judge, Mark Judge, and others be subpoenaed to testify. The nomination must be withdrawn. Okay, so immediately we're thinking, all right, Ronan Farrow has a piece coming out with Jane Mayer. Michael Avenatti has a new client. There's going to be another woman. There's going to be another woman. So then... The New Yorker piece drops, and it's a bombshell. There is a new woman, a new accuser. uh, Her name is Deborah Ramirez. She talks about a time, an incident, and if you'll forgive some of the language in this, I'm going to say exactly what happened. This is uh, according to the New Yorker. Uh, Deborah Ramirez, who's 53 years old, described an incident uh, saying that Kavanaugh had exposed himself at a drunken dormitory party at Yale, uh, thrust his genitals into her face, and caused her to touch it without her consent as she pushed him away. That is the story from The New Yorker. This happened at a uh, a dorm party at Yale, uh, and so there is a new accuser. Now, I want to point out that shortly after that story hit, Michael Avenatti then tweeted again, my client is not Deborah Ramirez, which means there is at least a third woman regarding Brett Kavanaugh. But we now definitely, officially have two women who have come out and put their names on the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, Christine Blasey Ford, and Deborah Ramirez. Now, uh, <clears throat> there are there are a lot of very uh, shocking, troubling things that uh, are in this New Yorker piece, not just this allegation which is bad enough but this is not the worst I don't say it's not the worst part of it there are other horrifying parts of it one of them is uh there are there are some real questions that are coming out about Mark Judge which we played the clips uh from Kirsten Gillibrand a couple of times last week where she's saying where is Mark Judge bring Mark Judge in to testify which Duh, if you actually cared about finding out what happened, you could take it out of the he said, she said and get an actual witness. Mark Judge was apparently, allegedly, there when the sexual assault took place. Not only that, they uh, spoke to a woman by the name of Elizabeth, I think it's pronounced Razor, R-A-S-O-R, Elizabeth Razor. She is Mark Judge's ex-girlfriend. And boy, does she have a lot to say. Because Mark Judge has said, oh, there were no horseplay with women at Georgetown Prep when I went to school there. We were Everything was on the up and up. We were just, you know, everything was fine. She has a different story. She says that Mark Judge told her many, many times about not just the horseplay, but there was one instance where Mark Judge, who, by the way, has written a book about his alcohol, uh, his alcoholism uh, and all the horrible things that he did while he was drunk. Uh, Mark Judge apparently told Elizabeth Razor, That Mark Judge had told her of an incident that involved him and other boys at school. And remember, Brett Kavanaugh was like his good friend in high school. They were, they were thick as thieves. Uh, Mark Judge told her of an incident involving him and other boys where they, quote, were taking turns having sex with a drunk woman. She said the judge did not name the others involved in the incident. She has no knowledge that Kavanaugh participated. It'd be clear about that. But Razor was disturbed by the story and noted that it undercut judges' protestations about the sexual innocence of Georgetown Prep. So when you talk about Georgetown Prep and the culture there, which he had done and tried to say, oh, it's it's not so bad. It's just, you know, it's just like any other school. It turns out that's not the case. Lots of drinking, lots of Uh, treating women like uh, 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 in the New Yorker she said quote they treated women like pieces of meat which is an old phrase that people have used a lot but like I, I mean that's exactly what it was I mean you and your friends getting drunk to have sex with a very drunk woman is appalling it's appalling Mark Judge has got to be a part of this. Mark Judge has got to come out and he's got to testify. I mean, that's the only way we're going to find out what actually happened. And again, this new allegation is disgusting. The stories that Mark Judge tells are appalling, grotesque. But to me, maybe the nastiest part of all of this Reading directly from the New Yorker piece. The offices of at least four Democratic senators had received information about the allegation, and at least two have begun investigating it. Senior Republican staffers also learned of the allegation last week, and in conversations with the New Yorker, expressed concern about its potential impact on Kavanaugh's nomination. Soon after, Senate Republicans issued renewed calls to accelerate the timing of the committee vote. Let me just repeat that in case you missed it. Senior Republican staffers also learned of this new allegation last week. Last week, they knew that there was another accuser. They knew about it. And they didn't know the details, but they knew that another accuser was coming forward. So let's just think about all of the Republicans over the last week that came out and said, we have to move this nomination forward right away. We said that last week. The only reason they could possibly want to move it forward at this breakneck speed is because they know that there's another accuser in the wings waiting to come out. And lo and behold, that's the case. They knew that there was at least another woman who was going to come forward, and they didn't care. They tried to push the nomination forward. Lindsey Graham last week. We got to do this right away. Mitch McConnell, we got to do this right away, without delay. We got to move it forward. John Cornyn, these are all games. We need to make it the nomination happen. We need to have the vote. We're going to do it on Monday or else. We all know why. They knew. They knew. They knew that there was another woman who was going to come forward and accuse him of sexual harassment or sexual assault and they didn't care. That's the thing. They just didn't care. They want this Supreme Court justice, they want the Supreme Court seat so badly that they are willing to put someone that they know has committed sexual assault multiple times. Multiple times. That's just — that's that's the GOP. Think about that next time you consider, oh, the Democrats, you know, they don't have my best interest, and, you know, I, You know maybe I'll vote for a Republican. No, th- this is who they are. Th- this is who they are. And by the way, Ray, I want to play that clip of Susan Collins because there's a lot of uh, talk about, you know, uh, Susan Collins, and sh- she and Lisa Murkowski could be the people that actually sink this if they did have the vote. Susan Collins talked about this.
0: In the end, I have to be able to look in the mirror and
2: say, I did what I thought was right.
3: Remember that clip. Remember that clip if they actually do go forward and have this vote, and Susan Collins will absolutely 100% vote yes on Brett Kavanaugh. And by the way, I don't want to single her out. Jeff Flake, Mr. Resistance, is going to do the same thing. Bob Corker is going to do the same thing. Lindsey Graham, although... We know who Lindsey Graham is now, folks. He—he's not some John McCain-style maverick that he likes to sort of push. Like it's—he's gonna—they're all gonna vote if 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 they even have the vote. So that's my thing. I'm not so sure that this happens. I—I I, we talked about this some last week. I—I I had been sort of going back and forth, and once this talk of her actually testifying started, I said, I don't think he makes it through. They're gonna try. But I don't think he makes it through, and I still feel that way.
4: I vacillate on how I feel about this. We talked about this just before we went on air, actually. Um, A part of me feels very cynical, and it almost feels like they will try to push him through because they know that momentum is not on their side, Yeah, and so they just want to get somebody on the Supreme Court.
3: This is emblematic of the Republican Party as a whole, right? You've lost.
4: It is. It's a microcosm of what they are.
3: Completely. You've lost the culture war. You've lost on a lot of ideas. You've lost on the leaders I mean, look at how they lead. This is disgusting. You've lost all these things. But all of that be damned. You're going to exert your power by either, uh, uh, you know, disenfranchising voters or using this short-term power that you currently have with the House to, and make, the Senate. A
4: lifetime, to a make a lifetime, a lifetime. Remember, yeah, appointment. Yeah,
3: they. Ha- I mean their hold on the house it will be gone in a couple of months
4: their hold on the courts will not be gone for a lifetime
3: and, but like the thing is this is coordinated they know that they realize that this 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 war of ideas has essentially swung so far to the left that they don't even have a chance to come out and defend their ideas. All they can do is use the power that they have, however short-term it might be, to try and just hold on to the little power uh, or or whatever power that they can get their hands on. I mean, through the long scope of history, it's going to have a pretty major impact on a group that is fairly unpopular and can't seem to like convince people that their ideas are good. We'll talk about uh, that and much, much more with a great lineup of guests on today's show. Uh, We'll be talking to uh, Emily Birnbaum. She's her first uh, trip here to the show from The Hill. She's coming up next. Also, Niels Lesniewski from Roll Call and Eliza Collins later on. Uh, So stay tuned, folks. It is a jam-packed show with a lifetime of news crammed into these two hours will be right back live video bill's commentary the best
2: clips from the show all in one place youtube.com slash the bill press show
3: it is the bill press show thank you everybody for tuning in my name is peter ogburn uh sitting in for bill press today while he is out promoting his book uh but boy There is not a shortage of topics. There's not a shortage of things to talk about today. Uh, So we're going to go through them with you on today's program. Joining us in studio. First trip here. First trip here. Breaking news reporter at The Hill, our friends at The Hill, uh, Emily Birnbaum. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks
0: so much for having me.
3: Uh, I'm sorry you had to come in with the B team. You know, normally Bill is here, uh, but when Bill's not here, we like to have new people on, so this won't be your last trip here, I promise. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, 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 we're going to get into the news stuff in just in just a second. Ray, did you have any I brought in a treat today. I brought in pawpaw bread.
4: I have not had it, but actually, I was hoping that was what you were going to open the show on. I want to talk about it. It was an introduction it. to pawpaws. Have you ever
3: had a pawpaw? Have you ever had pawpaws? No. So they're a native fruit. They are the northernmost growing tropical fruit. They grow all around the area.
4: They're a cousin of papayas. They
3: are. They they're also different. called, my favorite new word for it, hillbilly mangoes.
4: I love that.
3: <laughs> hillbilly mangoes. And they are they look like, uh, what would you say they look like? So they're- Almost like a pear-ish. They look
4: like a pear. They kind of smell like a pear and a banana. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And when they're ripe, they have black spots.
3: So, I went foraging for a bunch. I got there's like a very short season. So, I went foraging for a ton of these pawpaws. And when you cut them open, they're like it's it's like a custardy when they're ripe, they're really custardy and delicious. Custard
4: is definitely the word to describe it. It's unlike any fruit that I've ever had before. It's so smooth and it's not fibrous or like grainy. It's delicious, right? It's delicious. Anyway,
3: I made instead of banana bread, I made pawpaw bread. So, I brought some in. Yeah, should get some before you leave. You should get some before you. You should get a slice.
0: I can't tell if that was an advertisement for it or not. (laughs) There's just so many many conflicting details on the Bill Press (laughs)
3: website. (laughs) That's my new business. The pawpaw season is so short, and I just picked, I I honestly picked probably 20 pounds of pawpaws.
4: Yeah. Uh, Did you make it to the pawpaw festival? I didn't how many times can we say Paul Paul in the next 30 seconds Paul <laughs> Paul
3: I like hillbilly mangoes but anyway it's it, I I like I like I I love the act of binging on things when they're in season <laughs> and then like not having them again for another year it's
4: the only way who tweet us if you ate peaches this summer because they were dynamite insane Virginia peaches this year were the best of my life
3: same thing with corn I'll eat corn all summer long and then get, I mean
4: then it's done. Yeah. I mean, then you look forward corn. to it. You
3: could eat corn in January, but you'll probably or go to like hell. Or it's
4: like, who buys you know, the pre-sliced watermelon <laughs> yeah. in like February? Get no, you don't here. do that. Anyway. No. You don't.
3: Anyway, throw a Google A on uh, Pawpaws if you want to learn more about it. Uh, we're not talking about that, Emily Bernwald. Thank you so much for joining us. So you're the breaking news reporter at The Hill. Um there was some breaking news this weekend. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, a little, bit, a little bit, just like a tiny bit. Tiny I, was, bit. I was online yesterday. I, I was on a shift um, when the second accusation came out, and that was incredibly intense.
3: <laughs> yeah, so we, we talked about this in the last segment. Deborah Ramirez is the new woman that has come forward. Right. Uh, she says that this happened when Brett Kavanaugh was a freshman at Yale University mm-hmm. uh, in the 1980s. Uh, again, this is from The New Yorker, Ronan Farrow. Um, and, Jane, and, and Jane Mayer, who combined on this, and and again, I, I as I pointed out, uh, Jane Mayer has been doing this for a long time. Yeah, she's been after the she covered the Anita Hill right. story. Right. Right. Uh, so uh, Ronan Farrow gets a lot of like accolades for being the guy who yeah. is breaking all this Me Too stuff, but like she knows what she's doing. I know. Uh, so the two of them combining forces should be. Horrifying,
0: right? You don't want to call from them. No, no. (laughs) If you're
3: a terrible man and you get a call from either one of them,
0: no, games up, buddy. It's time for a really, really long vacation. Yeah, never come back.
3: (laughs) So, uh, these new allegations have come forward. Yeah, Uh, has there been any response so far from the Senate Judiciary Committee on? her particular story
0: yeah so feinstein is saying these are credible we need to take a step back we need to postpone the nomination you know she came out with a statement at like 9 30, 10 last night yeah that's the other
3: thing it, this right? all happened it's happened really late relatively late. late on sunday
0: yeah yeah so um yeah so she said you know kind of renewing calls to um conduct an fbi investigation Uh, which so far it's unclear if that's going to happen. Um, From what I understand, it's only the White House that could say, you know, we need to reopen this. Um, So Feinstein said that Grassley um, kind of fit this into the narrative of uh, Democrats withholding information. You know, he put out a statement and he's saying, um, so Senate Senate Democrats have been investigating this and we didn't know about it. So, um, you know, that's that's what he's saying about it. And, um, yeah, and obviously Hirono, who has been, um, you know, one of the main voices uh, in this entire ordeal came out and said, "This is credible, and we need to investigate it as well."
3: Not as much has been uh, said about Maisie Hirono. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about her all the time. She's the best.
0: Well, she, she she's the best. She doesn't mince words.
3: No, and you know what I thought was so fascinating. I think this should this should be the standard from here on out yeah. when she interviews anybody. Right. In her yeah. office, or for a judge, like judge I- anything, right. she always asked them about any sort of sexual misconduct.
0: Yeah, right. So- and she
3: and she actually pointed out she she sort of said like yeah you know one of these days these allegations like allegations may come up and we'll have them on the record to show that they lied about it.
0: Right. I mean, and that's an important part of the Yorker piece, is yeah. them pointing out that he was... So she says, when you were a legal adult, when she asks the question, you know, did you conduct... You know, did you... Um, I don't I don't remember the exact wording, but she's asking them, you know, if they acted inappropriately. Um, and so he said no. He answered in the negative, and he was an adult when this happened. So, yeah. uh, you know, it all hinges on what happens next. So <laughs> uh,
3: there, there have been calls for, you know... An- more investigation into Brett Kavanaugh. What's the? What are the? What are the Republicans trying to achieve? I mean, obviously, I know they're trying to get him on the court, but like, they still have the opportunity to just sink Brett Kavanaugh and bring in another nominee. I don't yeah. want to give them any free advice, <laughs> but like, they could still get a, nom- a, a a judge on the Supreme Court who just mm, doesn't happen to be a serial sexual assaulter. Yeah. Uh, why is this a hill they want to die on?
0: I'm unsure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, let me know. Um, I can't figure it out. I mean, so far what they've been saying is they've just written this off as a smear campaign. I can tell you that that's kind of their, their party line. They're saying this is a smear campaign. It's at the 11th hour. And we stand you know, the White House last night they said we stand behind Brett Kavanaugh. They're not backing down. I haven't heard anything from Republican even denouncing the new um, allegations. You know, I wasn't watching the morning shows this morning. Um yeah. but I haven't heard anything and but I do hear, you know, there is speculation that this week maybe the pressure will become so intense that Republicans may Yeah, I think he's
3: I think he's toast. That's and what again, people are saying. And again, I, I hate to bring it down to that sort of gamesmanship level of, like, who played this situation Yeah, me too. Because it's, like I said earlier, it's, it's trauma. It's a, it's women's trauma. Right. But I, I don't think he he gets it. I don't even know if we make it to the Thursday hearing, frankly. With, really? With Christy Blazing. Maybe we do.
4: You think he'll withdraw, or how do you think it's going to play out?
3: I think that well, I, look, I, I don't know. I, I think that probably the Republicans are just gonna say, "Look, dude," it, because <laughs> we know we we know that there is a third accuser.
4: If he thinks that something more damning is coming out, he may just withdraw to
0: try to preserve his image. Exactly.
3: Tell us about the Michael Avenatti stuff.
0: Right. So Michael Avenatti yesterday, um, it was actually before the New Yorker article came out that he tweeted for the first time. He said, I have a client with some credible allegations um, against Brett Kavanaugh Mark Judge, who's the man who um, Christine Blasey Ford says was in the room during Uh um, the assault. Um, the alleged assault.
3: Wait, so, yeah. like that tweet came out while there was sort of this rumor circulating that Ronan Farrow and Jane Mayer had this piece coming. Right.
0: So it was kind of confusing. It was like, okay, is Mike Laminati is going to be in the piece? Um, and he was not. And then he tweeted later. You know, as soon as the New Yorker piece came out, he said, "That's not my client. Deborah Miras is not my client." I just
3: assumed that was who it was who he was
0: talking about. No, exactly. And and so you know, same with my editors. We were all kind of like, you know, trying to parse out who's who, what's happening. But yeah. So he clarified that's not his client. Um, His allegations uh, from what he laid out, you know, in the email that he tweeted a screenshot of, which is just the most Michael Avenatti legal strategy. I can't stand it. Um, (laughs) So, so, you know, those allegations are incredibly serious. Yeah. Incredibly serious. And people are saying maybe be a little wary. Obviously, Michael Avenatti has some, you know, reason to hyperbolize or, you know, he's not an unbiased actor in this saga. He's an in, he's an intense person, he known is, to exaggerate. He you know? is
3: trying to run for president. Sure, uh, right, and
0: it's something to keep in mind. But um, you know, he says he has evidence, and so Senate Judiciary is saying, "Okay, let's see the evidence." I mean, look, uh,
3: Michael Avenatti he he sent a tweet yesterday at some point. Yeah. I can't remember if it was before or after he he uh, uh, talked about these new allegations. He says, "I don't bluff." Yeah, I don't bluff. Yeah, and he really hasn't with especially with the Stormy Daniels stuff. Everything he said that he had, they delivered on. Yeah, and I just can't imagine that he would put this out there unless
0: unless he has some unless, real
3: he, unless there's something there backup. Unless there's something there, yeah. So we know that there's a third accuser, right? Uh, we don't know all of the details yet. We just have Michael Avenatti's side of the story, right? Right. And we don't. We don't. We don't have the whole thing. Yeah. So you now have three women. So the other thing in the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, uh, honestly, the thing that was most concerning for me is that the the Senate Republicans apparently knew about these Deborah Ramirez allegations.
0: Yeah, that's what the report says.
3: Like, last week. Yeah. And so, immediately when I read that, all I could hear in my head were, you know, Lindsey Graham, John Cornyn, Mitch McConnell, all these Republicans saying, we got to move forward, we got to have have the vote on Monday, we're going to have it happen no matter what, knowing that there is at least another accuser out there. What does that say?
0: I mean, you know, I can't, I can't say who right, knew sure. when they knew. I know that a couple of spokespeople have come out denied knowing, um, but I do think it says that maybe this allegation wasn't being taken very seriously, or it was taking, it was being taken incredibly seriously, and they thought, you know, if it came out after, well, you know. <coughs> sorry, <Yeah. laughs>
3: right? But like, look, I'm no politician; I never will be. Sure. But to have your name, uh, breaking news.
4: With your squeaky clean record? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, got a, I got a little
3: dirt in my past. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't understand. I mean, these guys are supposed to be skilled politicians. How do you think that you can make that happen and then just forget about it? I mean, Clarence Thomas, we still remember. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> Anita Hill stuff. Of course. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it exists in our memory. I mean it's it's kind of like the ghost hanging over all of this constantly. Just yeah. thinking about watching Anita Hill be just like grilled mercilessly by that panel, you know, we think about it all the time. I think they think about it all the time.
3: Yeah, I think so too, which might uh, might explain why it's not going to be a bunch of old white guys interviewing uh, Christine Blasey Ford on Thursday. Should right. we get to there? What's the what how's that going to play out? What's it going to look like on Thursday?
0: Um, I'm not, I have, do you know if they've come to a conclusion about the outside counsel? I think they're
3: going to have a female, uh, uh, outside counsel asking the questions.
0: They've decided that? I believe, I
3: believe that's been established.
0: Okay. Now. Cause I know that was a request. Yeah. I wasn't asked. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. they
3: met her on some of her requests and didn't meet her on others. Right. One of her requests was simply, I don't want to sit at the same table as the man that I, that sexually assaulted me. Right. Seems like a small ask. Yeah. That should be like a pretty easy one, guys.
0: Yeah. She wanted to uh testify first, right? Oh no, she wanted to testify after him. I, I Yeah, yeah, remember. yeah. So but, but yeah, so
3: one thing that I haven't talked about uh and that we haven't talked about on the show at all was Donald Trump's role in all of this. Lindsey sure. Gr- Lindsey Graham was on Fox News Sunday because Donald Trump uh tweeted some not so great things yeah. about uh the accuser Christine Blasey Ford mm-hmm. uh, and Lindsey Graham has some advice for Donald Trump that he gave on Fox News Sunday yesterday
1: Lindsey Graham oh, sorry sorry Lin- Lindsey Graham's clip the, uh, the one about- I would advise the president to let us handle this. It is very true that a lot of women get abused and take it to their grave. And every now and then you have a situation where people uh, provide inaccurate information. So that is the, the
3: word from Lindsey Graham. I want to read Donald Trump's tweets yeah. that he sent out. A couple days ago, Judge Brett Kavanaugh is a fine man with an impeccable reputation who is under assault by radical left-wing politicians who don't want to know the answers. They just want to destroy and delay. Facts don't matter. I go through this with them every single day in D.C. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that if the attack on Dr. Ford was as bad as she says, charges would have been immediately filed with the local law enforcement authorities by either her or her loving parents. I asked that she bring those filings forward so that we can learn date, time, and place. In other words, he's saying she's making it up.
0: Right. And it was so upsetting for survivors of sexual assault and abuse across the country. You know, it created an entire hashtag, you know, because it sounds so much like the regular um, response, you know, why didn't you come forward, yeah. just doing anything to cast out. Um, and I, it was really surprising to me that that was the line of argument chosen, you know?
3: You know, I hear a lot of people ask the question, like, why didn't you come forward, right? Like, uh, It's always men asking the question. (laughs) Why didn't you come forward? Why didn't you come forward? Why didn't you come forward? And I think that if you have to ask this question after the last week...
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just not
3: paying attention.
0: I know. I mean, it's... And, like, look, I understand
3: why men don't understand it, or, you know, like, they don't have to go through with this crap. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but, like, if you've watched what happened this past week, and if there is a woman in your life that you care about, just imagine. I know. Just imagine.
0: I mean, throughout this entire thing, I've really thought so much about her and how much she anticipated the kinds of things that, you know, people would be saying about her. She's clearly extremely scared. You know, she had to move from her house. Yeah. She had to move her children from her house. Yeah. Or, like, teenage children. And... And then she just has had to watch, you know, Republicans come out and just work their hardest to cast down on this thing that she says has caused her emotional trauma for over 30 years. It's just, you know, I, I feel like it's so important to keep her in mind and think of her all the time.
3: There, If anybody doesn't understand what you're saying, read the Washington Post piece about how she, like as soon as she could,
0: yeah.
3: as soon as she could move to the other side of the country. Yeah and, like, tried to start a new life there. And as soon as Donald Trump became president, she began, like, fearing.
0: Right.
3: Because it's like Brett Kavanaugh is a name that's been around for a long time that might make it to the Supreme Court one day. And she had to live with that fear that he might be the guy. And after Neil Gorsuch was nominated, it was like this sigh of relief that she breathed. And then after Kennedy resigns, it's all over again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God is the man that sexually assaulted me going to be on the highest court in the, uh, uh, in the land yeah. for a lifetime appointment?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, absolutely. I'm like,
3: that's the type of thing that these survivors of sexual assault have to live with all the time.
0: Yeah, and why don't people come forward is, is to me just not a very good question because if you spend any time looking at criminal cases of sexual assault, it you know it's extremely hard and to prove. You know, it's just a really hard... Um, Like, it's just a really hard crime to even, you know, bring charges for. And and it just creates so much trauma watching, you know, having to relive that experience over and over and over again.
3: I'm We have the TVs on when we're doing the show, and I see this giant stack of white beef, Matt Schlapp. Oh. This guy, the, the, the thing that's so disgusting are the Republicans that are just sort of like... Showing who they really are. Eric Erickson, Matt Schlapp, who are saying, we don't want to ruin the, this guy's life. Lindsey Graham, I want to play this other clip about how uh, he was asked about if Christine Blasey Ford comes up and gives her testimony and tells what happens and it's a clear story and we un- we like understand what happened, would you then
1: vote no on Judge Kavanaugh? And here's what Lindsey Graham said. What am I supposed to do? Go ahead and ruin this guy's life based on an accusation. I don't know when it happened. I don't know where it happened. And everybody named in regard to being there said it didn't happen. I'm just being honest. Unless there's something more, no, I'm not going to ruin uh, uh, Judge Kavanaugh's life over this.
3: It's important to remember, by the way, that like they don't have to find him guilty of sexual assault here. Right. It's, they are not a court. It doesn't have to be proven that he sexually assaulted her. It's advice and consent. This guy, there's some, uh, three women, two have come forward. There's another one in the wings, we know. Uh, three women have talked about his uh, his behavior. You don't have to prove that these women are telling the truth. You just have to say, like, there's now a pattern that women are accusing him of this. He's not fit for the Supreme Court right like they don't have to like mean, they can make can make that call with the Senate Judiciary Committee right
0: yeah this or is all can
4: they? this is all also happening um, against the backdrop of Bill Cosby he's being sentenced today oh yeah right and like it's just one after another patterns are emerging of men's inappropriate behavior Toward women, and it's like, how many times do we have to go back to square one and have the same conversation of why aren't people coming forward? Why don't why are these women waiting until the eleventh hour? Like, it's it's absurd.
3: Um. So, like I said, if I had to guess, I would guess that we don't even make it to Thursday. That would just be my. Guess.
4: I like this optimism.
3: I'm trying to be. I'm, I'm trying to be mm-hmm. more optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be more optimistic these days. <laughs> I think that's will it what into
0: existence. Goes.
3: Uh, have we gotten any word from Chuck Grassley on this new accuser? Uh, yeah. Ramirez?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he. Um, so first he um, said that he was disappointed to hear that the Senate Democrats had known about it, that he didn't know about it before they did. Um, and he said uh, it, the exact wording was, of course, we will investigate the new claims. So he said. Were going An to FBI look
3: investigation? It. No, nothing no, like no, that. Nothing he didn't like open that. up
0: that. But Detective um,
3: Grassley is on the case.
0: Yeah, but he he did say, of course, <laughs> which I thought was interesting in a you know statement sent out.
3: I mean, I don't necessarily automatically assume that they're going to handle this in the best way. Call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. Yeah. Um so do we have anything scheduled between now and Thursday, or is it just gonna be the build up to the big hearing on Thursday?
0: From what I understand, it's just the hearing on Thursday. You know, there was going to be something today that was can't you know, the hearing today that they they right. said, here here it is and they said you know, R- Ford's right. lawyer said, No, <laughs> she won't do that. She right. won't do that. Um you know, it's arbitrary, so then it was rescheduled for Thursday, and that's as far as I know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So great. We'll get to watch it play out on cable news and Twitter uh, for the rest of the week. That's, Absolutely.
0: I mean, I think fun. I think last week people weren't necessarily anticipating that there would be, you know, other women coming forward, like two other women coming forward before Thursday. Right. You know, it, and so I, I think about where people were last week, you know, assuming it was just Ford, and so that you know so much can happen so much more can come out over the next couple of days and I have no idea what that will look like at the hearing and I have no idea if Ramirez is willing to testify
3: yeah that's yeah. a good I mean that's a good point
0: I really because you know it makes no mention of it in the New York article right
3: I, I did notice that and no. I didn't know sort of what I mean whether even they allow her to testify I have no idea so we've got about a minute left let's say let's say he does he takes his name out of the running Mm -hmm. right so then what's the fear for Republicans are they gonna still be able to get someone on the Supreme Court
0: I think in all likelihood you know they will be able to I mean 538 has uh, Democrats at a one-third chance that they could take back the Senate Uh, but I think most analysts looking at the numbers are saying it's not very likely and sure. that would really be the only situation in which they wouldn't get someone on.
3: But like, let's say, let's say he his nomination sinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Democrats get back the Senate. I mean, they could still plow somebody through, right? Before the Republicans. Yeah.
0: Sure. I mean, I think if if history tells us anything, I think that they could. Yeah. Um, and then that that candidate would probably also be chosen from the same list that Brett Kavanaugh was chosen from. And I think some people are, are thinking maybe it'll be someone even more conservative.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what of my feeling. Yeah. Well, Emily Bernbaum, thank you so much for joining us. First up to the show. Definitely won't be your last. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank
1: you. This is the Bill Press Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support.
2: Everything you need to fight the Trump administration, this is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show.
3: It is The Bill Press Show here on a Monday, September 24th. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. My gosh, we got so much, so much breaking news that happened over the the weekend. We've done our very best to uh, keep you up to speed on everything that's going on. Uh, And we will continue doing so with our guest, Niels Lesniewski, who will be joining us here in just a little while. Uh, My name is Peter Ogburn, sitting in for Bill Press today. Remember, we're on Twitter, at BP Show, at BP Show. We're going to read some of your comments here in just a little while. But I just have to point out, uh, how about Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods won the Tour Championship yesterday. It's his first PGA Tour win And like forever, it's his first win in like six years. Tiger Woods, who had, uh, you know, his, I hate to call it a scandal, but like it was uh, about six years ago, uh, where he was cheating on his wife with numerous women. Uh, And, you know, golf is such a weird mental game. That it just completely destroyed his golf game. And then he had and then he had the back problem. And he had four back surgeries. And then he had he couldn't win. And last year, December of last year, he was ranked like 1199th in the PGA tour. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods.
4: I know nothing about golf, but that's awful.
3: It's crazy. And you remember? I mean, you may or may not remember what a force he was. Oh yeah, like yeah. ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I still think of Tiger Woods as like a young man. Me too. Which is and crazy because he was you such see a his phenom. Picture
4: now and it's like, oh, he's not so young anymore. I know. Yeah.
3: Makes me think a lot about you know, oh, my own me. mortality. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but all that being said, uh, it's remarkable because he's been getting closer and closer in the last couple of months, which means. He seems to have been recovering from his back surgeries. Uh, mentioned that golf is such a mental game. Uh, it was his 80th, 80th PGA Tour win. And he said afterwards, I've been sitting on 79 for about five years now. Imagine he he got 79 wins in such a brief period of time. And then you have to wait five years to get your 80th win. It's remarkable. Uh, anyway, I... I Tiger Woods is not necessarily one of the good guys. He's got a lot of problems. Uh, But it is nice to see somebody fall so low and then come back in in such a way. I think it's a nice rebuilding success story. Not that I want to praise him because he's got a lot of problems and and all of that i know he's a problematic figure but it's it's nice to see somebody take like fall not that he fell that low i mean nike stood by him the whole time he was never hurting
4: i mean financially he was he was going to be all right
3: financially he was always going to be okay but to lose your game to lose your golf game completely to fall that low and then come back is pretty remarkable uh, joining us in studio is senior Senate reporter at
5: Roll Call, Niels
3: Lesniewski. Hi, Niels. How are you?
5: I'm uh, I'm doing well. Probably not quite as great as Tiger Woods, but I I, I can, you know, I'm never going to be quite as great as Tiger Woods. None so, of us you know. are going to be as great as Tiger Woods.
3: Uh, you cover the, the Senate for Roll Call, and uh, my gosh, you have so, 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 so much to talk about. We're going to jump into all of that. Uh, in just a little while. Also, remember, we're going to be joined by Eliza Collins uh, from USA Today uh, later on in this hour, and it all revolves around Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh, will he be confirmed? Will we even have this hearing on Thursday? Uh, We will talk all about the details of that coming up after a very quick break on the Bill Press Show.
2: On your radio, on TV, and online, this is The Bill Press Show.
3: It is The Bill Press Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bill is not here today. He has a new book out, Trump Must Go, which you can check out on our website, billpressshow.com. Bill gives you a hundred different reasons why Donald Trump must go and one reason why he must stay. But as we mentioned before, uh, Bill had to finish writing this book a couple months ago. And so there's like a whole other set of reasons. There's like 100 more reasons. So if you want to submit your reasons, we're giving you the chance to do so. Just go to uh, Billproshow.com Look on the right-hand side of the web page. You'll see a picture of Bill's book. Just click on that. Go right through. You could submit another reason, which like one of the things that uh, uh, we you know we've were reading some of them, but like some of them, like one of them that he didn't have a chance to put in the book was like Omarosa, the Omarosa tapes. That made it into, that didn't make it into the book, right. but that's on the website.
4: Like Brett Kavanaugh obviously did not make it into the book, but right. if you think that's good reason, then go ahead and write <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about I'd say, it. Yeah, I'd say
3: that's a pretty decent It's reason. a pretty,
4: it's a pretty good one.
3: BillPressShow.com, check out the website uh, for Trump Must Go. Joining me in studio, senior Senate reporter at Roll Call, Niels Lesniewski. How you doing, Niels?
5: Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, although I'm, I'm, you know, I, w- I went to bed about ten thirty or 11 o'clock last night, so I'm not sure how many news cycles happened while I was asleep. Uh, about 17.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it goes these days. Uh, nice relaxing weekend, I'm sure for you.
5: Yeah, you know, when, when when you go to a wedding, I was at a wedding uh, down in Richmond on Saturday, and uh, when you're having to check your phone at the wedding reception because yeah. you don't quite know what has bubbled up in D.C. while you've been away, uh, that's the kind of weekend that I had. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. Um, so
3: let's just start with Friday because uh, there was still a question of whether or not, Christine Blasey Ford was going to actually get a chance to testify uh, at this hearing. Republicans said it was Monday or bust.
5: Yeah, and then it wasn't Monday or bust. And then it (laughs) was. And then so we went from basically we went from Monday to, well, it definitely has to be on Wednesday. And if it's not on Wednesday, then we're done. The reason for that, I think. Is because that would have allowed the committee to vote Kavanaugh's nomination out to the floor on Thursday, Thursday. to set it up for next week. The, I guess the following week, but then of course on Saturday, by Saturday and Sunday that was changing. Yeah. Uh. And so then, so then the then we got to the point where the hearing is now scheduled. As of the last time I looked at my phone, <laughs> the hearing was scheduled. For Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Yes. uh, With Dr. Blasey Ford expected to testify. Her expected to testify first, then Kavanaugh, and no other witnesses. Um, But as we're going to, as the story goes and as the world turns, (laughs) now we're not sure that the Thursday hearing is going to go on either.
3: Yeah. I, I, I... I, I've said a couple times during the show that I'm not even sure that the Thursday hearing happens because uh, yesterday, last night, uh, the story broke Sunday night uh, that there is a second named accuser uh, who accused Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault uh, when he was a freshman at Yale. Uh, the, the allegation is he exposed himself to her. Uh, when they were at a drunk dorm party, uh, thrust his genitals into her face uh, and forced her to touch them when she was pushing him away. Uh, And Deborah Ramirez is her name. She has a name. She's named the allegations. She says when it happened. Uh, There's also a third woman that we know who has not been named.
5: Who's uh, represented by Mr. Avenatti, by which Michael is Avenatti. just one of those, uh, again, this world in which we live. Um, and Mr. Avenatti is making uh, claims to the Judiciary Committee in an email that he tweeted the contents of. Full Avenatti style. That um, are, are just absolutely horrifying. It's yeah. all bad, but the particular claims in the Avenatti email... Uh, which you know, I don't even know in polite company how you even talk about. Um, are check out his Twitter feed yeah, if you want to read it. That's... We're not. I, I just don't think that we're going to go no. through them.
3: Uh, but but check them out. Go 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 read the email that he wrote, and they're horrific. Yeah, they're horrific. Uh, so now you've got these new accusers on the week that we're supposed to have this hearing. Why? Are Republicans willing to die on this hill for Brett Kavanaugh? Because they do at now at, at present time, they have full power, right? They've got all the power right. they could possibly want. They could have just said last week, "We're dropping him, and we're going to get a new nominee in, and we're going to vote to confirm him, and we're going to ram him through." However, we do. why is why are they why are they fighting this battle?
5: Well, so Kavanaugh is sort of the perfect as a as a policy matter is sort of the perfect uh, Republican nominee. His his record is sterling in terms of uh, conservative uh, legal theory. Uh, so in, in some regard, it makes sense that they would have prioritized wanting to get Kavanaugh confirmed. And you could even make the argument, although I'm sure a, a lot of your listeners won't agree with this, that. With one accusation, uh, the potential for an isolated incident uh, that you could have made the argument that uh, you're not sure quite how legitimate the claim is. Now, now, since Friday, we have gone into the realm of there are multiple accusers. Uh, The question really for me is. And the Judiciary Committee Republican staff denies that they know and they told reporters last night that they denied that they knew any of this in advance. But the question is, which Republicans were the ones that were noted in the uh, New Yorker piece, Republic senior Republican aides or some such yeah. that were aware that this New Yorker story was coming? Yeah. Uh, because I think if I were, you know, dare I say, if I were Mitch McConnell or Chuck Grassley, I would be a little bit uh, weary of the fact that there were Republicans who knew this story was coming, yeah, and, and I got blindsided by it, apparently.
3: We played clips of John Cornyn, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, everybody saying, it's got to be Monday, it's got to be Monday, it's got to be Monday, it's got to be Monday. And Bill said at the time, the only reason, because there is no reason, it's completely arbitrary, they just made it up. I mean, to your point, right, like, they thought that they could maybe, like, they wanted the Wednesday hearings, they could have a Thursday vote, so the next week they could have the vote. But, like, it doesn't matter. Right. There's nothing that says that this hearing has to take place on a certain day or that the vote has to take place on a certain day. But we played clips of these guys saying it has to happen on Monday, and if they knew that there was another accuser that was going to come forward, Bill said this, the only reason that they could possibly be pushing this hard is they don't want another allegation to come forward.
5: Right, and I think that that's the the real the the real for me as someone who covers the Senate for a living. Uh, aside from what's going to happen with the Kavanaugh nomination itself, the other big question is how many people were aware this was uh, that these other allegations were potentially out there because this is the kind of thing. There was someone on um, I hate to say there was someone on Twitter because I can't remember who it was Bear. last night who was. Comparing this, and, you know, Lord help us if this is actually as bad as that case, but was comparing this to how the Republicans handled Mark Foley in 2006, yeah, where they tried to sort of keep it under control and under wraps as long as they could, and then it sort of just exploded out in the open, and, and... That's the kind of thing, if I'm a a Republican in the Senate, that's the thing I'm fearing is that there's like the – outs. even if there's the outside chance that this is a Mark Foley-esque situation. I mean, look, we're not
3: that far away from the
5: midterms, but there's enough
3: time that these Republicans uh, that are in power, I mean, they've got to be scared out of their mind. If that's the case, if they tried to handle this internally and cover it up and keep it quiet and not address it. That says a lot about the power, the party leadership. Yeah, and, and they've—I mean—are
5: they—are they that clueless? I don't think so. I mean, my instinct would be to say that the Senate Republicans are a little different than the House Republicans circa sure. two thousand six. Sure, but what I I do think is sort of the other question is so now that we've got uh, potentially three accusations. Uh, let's say that he does get confirmed. Let's say that we uh that everything sort of doesn't materialize to a degree that causes Republican senators to want to kill the nomination. Uh, and he and you know, Judge Kavanaugh gets confirmed, say, the second week in October. Mm-hmm. Then the October surprise hits after he's confirmed. What if another batch of allegations came out on Halloween right, right before voters go to the polls and they had already confirmed him? Right. Then what happens? So that's,
3: but that, I, I think it gets back to what I was originally talking about. Like, why not someone else? Why not just say, you know what, we're done with this? We're done with this. Get get another nominee in. We still have time to make this happen. Why we still? To, I mean, the, a lot of this, and again, uh, keep putting this caveat out there. I hate to put this in, in like gamesmanship terms because we are talking about a very serious matter. Right. Uh, but if a lot of this play hinges on Democrats taking back the Senate, which is a long shot by most most people uh, would would agree with that. Um. Why not
5: just make it happen now? Why not just make it happen now? So my my I, I, I don't know the answer. And I mean, my theory is, is that they want to get someone confirmed before the election just in case they do lose the uh, a, a Senate. But they would still have potentially still have the lame duck to concern, confirm someone as well. Which by the way, traditionally is not something that would happen, right?
3: Like in a lame duck, they wouldn't make such a big move, right? Or am I right.
5: wrong? No, that I I think in, in general in a lame duck you wouldn't see that sort of move, particularly if you were gonna lose power. If yeah. there was a if there was a switch coming. Uh but the one thing that I was sort of suggesting to a couple of people last week was, you know, there is there is a perfectly um conservative nominee, potential nominee who is sitting out there who, you know I think that—because normally there's this long vetting process that has to happen for good reason, although now we wonder whether or not the vetting process is any good based on what we've uh, been hearing lately. Uh, But, you know, I think they could confirm Mike Lee, who was actually on the list, the Mm -hmm. list of conservative uh, legal scholars, but he also happens to be a United States senator. I think they could confirm Mike Lee without vetting him. I think that he could get the votes— two weeks from now without having to go through extensive background checks and do all of the research and heck you might be able to get 50 votes for him plus mike pence without even holding a hearing yeah
3: i think uh, that, I, I think that's absolutely right i think that's absolutely right i don't want to get in the business of giving them advice on how they that's should, exactly what i was going to say let's uh, not give, yeah, them give them any ideas here give them any advice <laughs> on how to handle this this very serious scandal that they have in their lap uh, so like All I'm trying to say is for Democrats that are, you know, celebrating the sinking of Brett Kavanaugh, if that is what actually happens, there's still a hellscape out there that could still come for
5: you, right? Like that's. There there are plenty of options behind door number two and door number three that, that if you're a Democrat or you're a liberal activist, these are not people you'd want on the Supreme Court either. Right. And Mitch McConnell is not
3: going to let this just go away. The, the, the nomination. Mitch McConnell is not going to just let this thing slip out of his fingers.
5: No, and if he if he if if and that's that'll be the question this week, is at what point does McConnell determine, okay, this now is a liability for us. Let's sort of switch horses here and find someone else and, and at what point do you call up Donald Trump and say, I need a new nominee. Okay, so does Brett Kavanaugh even make it to this Thursday hearing? I don't know. I don't know the Democratic strategy on this, too, to be honest, because the Democrats, uh, Senator Feinstein and others apparently are calling for this hearing to be postponed again. Yeah, I don't know that I would you know, I don't know that that's the right strategy to call for the hearing to be postponed. I wonder if, you know, the strategy should have been to just, okay, let's have the hearing. You're under oath. I kind of feel the
3: same way. I mean, if that's where the if that's if that's the direction that we're going which it is right Chuck Grassley has said it's going to happen in a very weird tweet at midnight on Friday night which is very on brand for Chuck Grassley yes. uh to put it in I would say assume nomination dead at this point yeah I, I think I, he's I, toast I I, I think I Brent
5: Kavanaugh's toast I don't know how I don't know how um they now convince um, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. By the way, I hate the fact that it always comes back to two Republican women. Yeah. But it always does. It does. It does. And, and, and I can't fathom at this moment them voting yes. No, I, I, I mean, I it's really hard to imagine
3: a world where they would vote yes on a man who's been accused of sexual assault on multiple occasions. Yes. But at the same time, you have these quote-unquote resistance Republicans like Jeff Flake and Bob Corker who will also vote yes. Right. I, I feel very strongly that they would vote yes. So I, I honestly just don't know. I just don't know if it comes down to that, you know? Um, Patty Murray had a really interesting uh, comment on one of the Sunday shows. I think she's on like, Meet the Press. But the, the, there's there's this whole question about the presumption of innocence, the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And here she just points out why that's just so insane.
1: Look, if someone says, my car got stolen, you don't presume they're lying. Right. But if someone says, I was sexually abused, people today sometimes presume that they're making it up, that they're whatever.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty strong leg
5: to stand on. Yeah, and the other thing is, this is not a, this is not a court of law, right? We right. Are, we are right. not. Thank you. We are not actually operating in a beyond a reasonable doubt standard. The Senate is not a jury.
3: Right. It, it that, that that I think is lost on so many people, including members of the Senate Judiciary Committee, that they feel like this has to be proven that there has to be a videotape of the incident or there has to be like a, a, a smoking gun that shows it's not just his word versus her word and her word and her word that there's got to be they don't have to prove it it's not a court of law
5: no and, and 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 you know it's entirely you don't it's entirely possible that there is not enough there would not be enough evidence to go to a criminal uh, trial in Montgomery County, uh, you right. know, up at the rock uh, courthouse in Rockville or something, because there is, by the way, no statute of limitations in Maryland on these uh, sort of offenses, oh, interesting. by the way. So anything that actually happened in Maryland uh, theoretically could still be uh, investigated as a criminal matter. I don't know how sure. you would ever find enough evidence. There's not going to be DNA or anything in this case. Um, so... But you're not talking about the standard that you would need to get a criminal conviction in Montgomery County. All that being said, there's still talk of an FBI investigation. I want to play this is a little bit.
3: Uh, Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz had their debate on Friday night. I had a wild Friday night, man. <laughs> watching Chuck Grassley tweets and watching... Uh, Uh, Beto O'Rourke
4: baking pawpaw bread
3: baking pawpaw bread I bake pawpaw bread uh, and watching Beto uh, O'Rourke debate Ted Cruz but he talked about the FBI investigation and said this was uh, this was before the other allegations come out so this was about Christine Ford Dr. Ford where Beto says she deserves the investigation
2: Dr. Ford's allegations should be investigated by the FBI full stop there's precedent for that that's the right thing to do given the gravity of the accusations
3: uh, I know you cover the Senate. My advice to you would be get very familiar with that guy because I think he's going to make it to the Senate. Um, but where are we with an investigation?
5: I have not gotten any sense that there's going to be an actual FBI uh, investigation. There's this this dispute over what exactly an FBI investigation means. So we're we're sort of at the point of uh sort of shadow boxing for lack of a better term about uh what should be investigated now whether this is reopening the background check investigation again that's something that could be done uh but but the p- people who think that it would be an fbi even if the fbi investigates we're not going to be looking at a criminal uh probe here right. i mean i for the life of me to be honest cannot find a could not find a federal matter that would be in the jurisdiction of the FBI is a criminal matter here yet. Right. I mean this all sort of seems uh like the everything that's alleged so far looks like state level uh, yeah. offenses but they could reopen the background check although you know I don't know what becomes of that because right. this isn't like people who have security clearances who are um you know, anyone who works for the federal government who has a security clearance, you he is already a lifetime appointed federal appeals court judge. Yeah. So unless you're going to go down the road of impeachment, which there have been a couple of Democrats who have suggested, but unless you're going to go down that road, I don't know where any of that leads. So one name that keeps
3: getting brought up in all of the different stories about Brett Kavanaugh is Mark Judge. Kirsten Gillibrand, senator from New York, uh, last week, we had her like three days in a row where she was saying like, where is Mark Judge? Why isn't he being brought up? If they actually cared about what happened, they would talk to, you know, an actual witness who was there. Um, so we're not
5: going to hear from Mark Judge, are we? Uh, As of now, if you read the New Yorker article, it becomes fairly apparent that there may be good reason why Mr. Judge is not going to be very forthcoming about these matters, because uh, the uh, Jane Mayer and Ronan Farrow article that posted Sunday evening more than suggests that Mr. Judge may have been the ringleader of yeah. whatever was going on. There is a lot there with Mark Judge. There's a lot there,
3: and he's written about his his struggles with alcoholism, uh, but the way that they methodically got women drunk at Georgetown Prep, and the way that they abused women who they got blind drunk when he was a student, again, Brett Kavanaugh was not like implicated in, in that particular behavior. It, you know like when when he talked about it uh but we know that they were very close uh we know that they were friends we know they spent a lot of time together we know that they wrote certain cryptic messages in each other's yearbooks about that behavior it would not be a quantum leap to say that Brett Kavanaugh could possibly be in that group
5: right and that and that's why I don't think I mean, The fact of the matter is, is that the the liability that actually seems to potentially affect Mark Judge probably exceeds that of Kavanaugh, even if Kavanaugh, but Kavanaugh may well have been in those circles, at least. And frankly, that goes to the point of this Thursday hearing, if it were to happen, and I'll just pick a Democratic senator out of a hat and say, let's just say Dick Durbin uh, decides That he is simply going to ask straightforward, did you have any knowledge of the allegation about Mark Judge in the New Yorker article? And what exactly does Kavanaugh say? He either denies it and then evidence comes out that he was misleading the committee or he can't remember. This is one of those cases, again, because this is not a criminal matter where if... You actually say under oath, I can't recall whether or not my friend was getting women drunk at Georgetown Prep and then uh, sexually assaulting them. I can't remember. That that means something different when you're not in a criminal matter than... Right. Right. So, uh, we will see how this all plays out. If you
3: had to guess... And I know this is not a fair question. I just up. if you had to guess, are we even going to make it to Thursday with Brett Kavanaugh?
5: I would have serious doubts because I don't know what could go wrong. They don't know what could go wrong in that hearing. The Republicans, given what occurred over the weekend and what came out Sunday night, You don't know how many more boxes there are uh, to unpack here. And so the unknown of what could come out in that hearing, particularly since the Democrats seem to know more about allegations, so there may well be surprise allegations that are being held back. And that's the other thing I'll say just very quickly. I don't know if this was the intention or not, but the way the New Yorker article framed it that Democrats are investigating these allegations— makes me wonder if they weren't going to spring all this stuff up at the hearing by surprise if it hadn't sure. been published. Sure. Sure. No, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, look, again, I don't want to
3: get into the business of giving Republicans advice on how to handle this, but at this point, even though they've, I think that they've looked pretty bad with how they've handled it, at this point they can just <laughs> wash their hands of Brett Kavanaugh Move on, and nobody really pays the political price. But if this goes to Thursday, and they're still pushing and lobbying hard for this guy, and we hear her story, and we hear the stories of other women, that stink is going to get hard. It's going to be really hard to get off. Really hard to get off. That that would be... That's just how I see it. But who knows? They've done dumber things, right? Niels Lesniewski uh, from Roll Call uh, covers the Senate, and what a time to be covering the Senate. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter, at Niels Lesniewski. And we've got more to talk about. Stay tuned. Eliza Collins from USA Today will join us right after this very quick break.
2: Live video. Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all
3: in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yes, it is The Bill Press Show. Hi, everybody. My name is Peter Ogburn sitting in for Bill Press today. Uh, As you know, Bill has a new book out, so he is out talking about that. But it takes a village whenever he is out. I bring in only the best guests to help us through. Uh, And our final guest of today is congressional reporter at USA Today, Eliza Collins. Hi, Eliza.
6: Hi. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too.
3: Thank you for coming in. Uh, we've got so much to talk about. We've talked Brett Kavanaugh almost exclusively today. Uh, I did want to play a piece of audio that I am a big, big fan of that I saw over the weekend. Uh, this has to do with a congressional race in Arizona. Uh, a man by the name of Paul Gosar uh, is running against a man, uh, Dr. Brill is the guy's name, Uh, David Brill is the Democrat so David Brill put out this ad uh, and it sort of went everywhere online but here's the first part of the ad where where David Brill has various people in Arizona talking about Paul Gosar.
2: Paul Gosar the congressman isn't doing anything to help rural America. Paul's absolutely not working for his district. If they care about health care they care about their children's health care they would hold him to account if they care about jobs they would hold him to account if he actually cared about people in rural arizona i bet he'd be fighting for social security for better access to health care i he i bet he would be researching what is the most insightful water policy to help the environment of arizona sustain itself and be successful And he's not listening to you, and he doesn't
3: have your interests at heart. So it's six different people talking about how terrible Paul Gosar is, and then the ad finishes up like this.
2: My name is Tim Gosar. David Gosar. Grace Gosar. Joan Gosar. Gaston Gosar. Jennifer Gosar. Paul Gosar is my brother. My brother. And I endorse Dr. Brill. Dr. Brill. Wholeheartedly endorse Dr. David Brill for Congress. That's tough. Damn.
4: (laughs) I always make fun of advertisers, but whoever drummed this up.
3: That is is brutal. Six of his siblings came out and said he's unfit and they endorsed his opponent. Which, by the way, this campaign season, I've never seen more family members. Go completely other direction and right. right. Like Publicly, that's happened a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, it's
6: like the it's the awkward Thanksgiving campaign season. I've yeah, Bob Goodlot. I mean, he's yeah, he's not running for re-election, but his son has been like he's the chairman of the judiciary. He's very high up Republican. His son has been actively criticizing like everything he does on Twitter. It's that crazy. just pops into mind. But there's a lot of them.
3: There've been a couple of them. Yeah, but, but that, that was one of the more. Hope, Gosar is
6: a larger swath. Six of family members. siblings
3: all yeah. saying yeah. he's not. He's not fit for office. Uh, Charles Starr, a guy on Twitter who I think is very, very funny, he says the only problem with this campaign ad is the uh, is that the conservative sibling whose family hates them is one of the fastest growing demographics in America. <laughs> so it can, it can backfire, which yes, okay, sure. But like, what a brutal ad. Well,
6: and this... This district is conservative. Gosar is one of the Freedom Caucus members. He's incredibly conservative. This is an Arizona rural district. So there's not a ton of Democrats in this district anyway. So to find six members of a family that are, you know, outward Democrats is also interesting.
3: It's amazing. It's amazing. It's quite an ad. Uh, do we know how close that race is? How that's looking? I was just
6: looking at the Arizona Republic. Um, it is not incredibly close. There's a couple races in Arizona that are going to be really competitive. Um, It is not on that list. It's more competitive than usual because sure. this year is more competitive than usual, but Gosar is expected to pull it off.
3: Okay. All right. Well, we'll we will find out very soon. Yes. Uh, we've talked a lot about Brett Kavanaugh today, uh, and we're going to get back into more of that. But we did get a lot of comments. Remember, we are on Twitter at BP Show, at BP Show. We also have our chat room, YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. We should mention, go ahead and mention, you're on Twitter at Eliza Collins one yes. Uh, Eliza with a Z. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Peter Ogburn, but I don't tweet that much. You don't have to follow me. Follow everybody else first. <laughs> uh, you want
6: your follower count to go up. Don't, sure. Don't sell yourself short on it. Sure.
3: Follow, follow me, at Peter Ogburn. Uh, we've, got, we've got a lot of comments uh, so far. Ray Rogers, what do yeah. we have?
4: We have tons of comments rolling in in our chat room, youtube.com slash um, where Black Leather Monster says, if a calendar is all it takes to prove innocence, Jeffrey Dahmer missed an easy out. There's no evidence that he had, quote, eat a guy on any of his calendars.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> right. I mean, that's a low bar. It's
4: a low, low bar. Disturbed Progressive says, when I told authorities about being sexually assaulted, my own mother... Along with the authorities, accused me of making it up for attention. Does this sound familiar? God, yeah, baby. dark, dark, traumatizing moments in so many people's Bleak. lives. Um, yeah. We have lots of comments rolling in on Twitter at BP Show, where Robbie says. The Kavanaugh discussion is spot on. They knew what was in the pipeline, and they slammed down the gas to speed this through. This is who they are. They don't care that this is just repeating the worst of the Thomas confirmation. They realize their base is just as morally bankrupt as they are. And then one final comment, we have Salty Alter Ego, who says, Anita Hill testified, Clarence Thomas is sitting on SCOTUS. And that was when we had a Congress who gave a damn and didn't routinely put party over country. So, yes, Kavanaugh will be confirmed. If they want him, they will get him.
3: Thank you for your comments. We appreciate them. Also, somebody did tweet me uh, 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 at Peter Ogburn, because I was talking about how I... Uh, about the pawpaw bread? Uh-huh. You ever had pawpaws? No. So they are, it's, uh, I promise we're gonna get to the cabinet. <laughs>
6: <It's just> like, <laughs> so, so, so. no, she just like read a bunch of really bleak comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, have to, we have so to come up like a little a bit. Sharp we sharp have to bring it up bring a about.
3: little yeah, 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 bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Uh, I'm sort of like, it's pawpaw. It's the near the end of pawpaw season, which is a, the a northernmost growing tropical fruit that's native to America. And they're all over the area. Really? If you go like along the Sino Canal uh, or the Potomac River, there are pawpaw trees. You just go out and you just pick them.
6: What are they? They're taste like, like, like a cross.
3: I always say they're like a cross between a banana and a mango. They what? are
6: so they're delicious. Just like, a
4: lot they're just hanging.
3: Wow. I, I, I went and foraged for probably 20 pounds of them. They are very
4: delicate, though, which is why you don't see them in stores or even really at farmer's markets because the skin is so... You, oh.
3: Some farmers' markets will sell them.
4: Okay.
3: But they're really hard to find. There are pawpaw farms, but but like you, it's really hard to package them and move them around because they're so uh, fragile, as they say in Italy. Uh, and, <laughs> they,
4: must, they must be Italian. <laughs> they must be Italian. They're, they're an Italian import.
3: So you just go and you pick them up, and they're so custardy on the inside. So like if you were to drop one, they would smush. If you've been running along the Sino yeah. Canal, you probably stepped on them. Oh,
6: they're like bright mind. yellow, <laughs> they're
3: kind of small. <laughs> well,. You know what I mean.
6: I'm sure I've seen them. Yeah,
3: they're delicious. Anyway, I made made pawpaw bread. So somebody pointed in uh, or or chimed in on Twitter. Uh, Jay Vintage says, uh, to your point, Ray, yes, the peaches were awesome this summer, uh, but now you have to go to Pawpaw, West Virginia, so you could say you picked pawpaws in Pawpaw, West Virginia. It's the ultimate pawpaw road trip. There is a Pawpaw, West Virginia.
6: But you can even get them right here.
3: You can get them right here. So why go to West Virginia? They're right here. Anyway. They should uh, make
4: t-shirts. I picked pawpaws in
6: Pawpaw.
3: I picked Peter Pick, paws and Pawpaw, <laughs> West Ooh. Virginia. Peter, oh,
6: my God. You might this have is... to go.
4: Now That's, I feel like I have, to go. have to go. That's now, it is yeah. track my one. That yeah. is my
3: destiny. On RCD. CD. Uh, anyway, you've learned so much on today's show. See, folks? <laughs> We're here to inform and entertain.
6: I am going to go. Find, try to find
3: out. You should. The season's almost over. Okay. We'll talk afterwards. I'll tell you where to go. Okay. I got a couple honey holes I don't tell anybody about. You're you know one of them. You'll share. Yeah, I'll share. Okay, I'll share. thank you. Just because uh,
6: the season's almost over. Yeah,
3: exactly. I've got my fill. Uh so the big news is Brett Kavanaugh, um, not only will we hear from Christine Blasey Ford on Thursday, that is the that is the, the on the schedule. Right. Uh, but there are now more accusers. Um another woman came forward, told her story to the New Yorker. Michael Avenatti says there is yet another accuser. He outlined very serious allegations, yeah. uh, in an email. If you really want to And read... on his Twitter. On his Twitter, yeah. So he wrote so an they're... email and then screenshotted yeah. it and tweeted it out, which I don't feel like we have to get into those allegations. They're right. not if you if you really want to find out who they're Brett pretty... Kavanaugh is, you can go find it on his Twitter page. I don't feel like we One have to I do
6: wanna say Avenatti so far has not said who his um, who his person is that he is representing, and he has not presented any evidence, and these are pretty intense allegations, just to put that out there. Yeah,
3: totally. That's fair.
6: But I imagine that will come out.
3: Yeah, we'll find out soon enough uh, what, th- what the actual deal is. Um, I've said all throughout the show, and I still believe this, I don't think we're even going to make it to Thursday.
6: I I don't know what happens, but I do think now, especially the woman in the New Yorker, Miss Ramirez, I can't see how they don't have to call her in as well. And then at that point, does it become Ford, Ramirez, potentially Avenatti's client? I mean, then it's just, you know, there's a, at what point does Kavanaugh say, even if he maintains that he's innocent, this is too much for my family, you know, his daughters and I don't know.
3: The other thing that that I've spent some time talking about today is at what point do the Republicans just say, what are we doing? Because if they were to just, you know, sink this Kavanaugh nomination now, they can walk away with their hands clean.
6: Well, are their hands really clean at no, this no, point? Uh,
3: honestly, uh, honestly, no, but I should say it's survivable.
6: Well, I think at this point they feel, talking to some Republicans last night, uh, they really republicans really get jazzed up about uh, Avenetti and the fact that he's coming forward they almost feel like helps their case he's coming forward without you know evidence at this point he might have some he might come forward this morning we have no idea but they no. at this point we're feeling revved up about that the new Yorker article obviously um lays out an allegation there are some questions in that as well and so they're jumping on that and ford you know there's jumping on the fact that she's so far the only one who's detailed allegations. They feel like they have enough to keep plowing forward.
3: Um, I, I want to read from Michael Avenatti's Twitter feed this morning. Uh, he says, We are calling on the committee and Senator Grassley to immediately request that Mark Judge testify under oath about the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. They should not be hiding witnesses. The committee works for the American people and this is a search for the truth. Why hasn't Mark Judge been brought up as, as a witness? Why hasn't he uh, uh, been mentioned more? Well,
6: it really depends. ask yes. Republicans on the committee um, say that it is not a for nominations. Subpoenaing people is not the mm. normal procedure. They did send an email. There was an investigator who sent emails to basically a handful of people that were detailed in um, Ford's allegation. Judge came back and said, I have no memory of that, and I basically don't want to testify. Um, And so far, they've said it's just going to be Ford and Kavanaugh. Now, Democrats say Judge is not being called up because he is the one other person in the room, and he could have evidence. And Ford is saying Judge should be called up, so— um Really depends who you ask. But I think so far Republicans are standing pretty firm on not having him come.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to. Uh, but it, it is interesting that if they really wanted to find out what was happening, besides just a he said, she said,
6: to bring in another person, to bring in there. an actual
3: witness that was there. And Mark Judge was, by all accounts, or by her account, I should say, was there. there. We do know that they were very close friends, Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. In fact, in this latest New Yorker piece, there's some very disturbing quotes from a woman by the name of uh, Elizabeth Razor, uh, former uh, girlfriend of Mark Judge's, and he talks about the culture at Georgetown Prep. And it was, to put this in a very indelicate way, but the way he put it, there was a group of... Uh, students there who got women as drunk as they can and then had uh, sexually assaulted them. Or uh, he thought that it was consensual. He, right. he, he points that right. out in the article. He, he, he thought that that was all on the right. up and up, which I don't have to explain why that's completely insane. Up up. Um, but they would make giant batches of very alcoholic beverage and give to uh, the the girls that they were in high school with, and when they got stuttering, stumbling, drunk, they would have sex with them.
6: And that matches uh, one of Avenatti's claims that yeah. he emailed to the committee. Um, it's similar. So,
3: but if we you, you really want to know what happened, you talk to Mark Judge. That's that's. I mean, if you really want to know what happened, you talk to Mark Judge. If you are more concerned with just racing the nomination through, then just keep going. But if you really want to know what happened, talk to Mark Judge.
6: And Republicans are in such a tough position on this because the base, conservatives, absolutely feel like this is a setup. They feel like people are just trying to take down Kavanaugh completely politically. Um, And you could see that even last night after the second allegation. I mean, I was on Twitter and just the tweets coming in. But independents, moderate Republicans, and of course Democrats, um, particularly women, have already had a tough time with this president and the Republican Party. And, you know, I can't imagine this is helpful. We saw we talked a little Anita Hill. Yeah. I mean, 1991 next year was the year of the woman. We're yeah. already calling this the year of the woman. And this was before the Kavanaugh nomination. Um, record number of women are running. Yeah. And I can't imagine that, you know, someone on the fence is going to be convinced by Republicans right now.
3: No, I wouldn't I, – I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. You know, I, I'll ask you a question I asked Niels Lesniewski in the last segment. Um, you know, you, you guys cover this stuff so much.
6: Well, well not necessarily this particular well, no, no, thing. No, no, this no, is new. No, this is
3: new. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. a fair <laughs> point. But you cover, like, the, the inner workings yeah. of how the government works. You know, if they were to sink Kavanaugh, like, they could get another nominee in and get him confirmed – Pretty quickly, right?
6: Well, it depends. And again, I, mean, I don't
3: want to give them any free advice. But I, the-
6: I do think that it, they'll get, they would put a woman in. Um, and it very well could be Amy Comey Barrett, who is in a, a lot of arguments far more conservative sure. than Kavanaugh and even more of a nightmare for Democrats in yeah. some ways. Um, I think that they're, you know, judges have been Mitch McConnell's biggest accomplishment i think there's no arguing that he has stacked the court with conservatives and you know he's put up with president trump who there's been lots of reporting they don't always get along (laughs) for judges and um i think if this goes down in such a brutal way you could just see mcconnell on a war path just get and i have heard from some republicans the theory and at this point everyone's just guessing right but the theory that mcconnell's like all right we're just plowing them through um, they'll get someone who is, you know, not, who seems cleaner and they can get like a Collins or a Murkowski who with judges do not vote as far as we know, based on, um, political philosophy. They vote on qualifications is what they say. Yeah. And they just push them through. It'll be completely party line. Um, I don't know if it could happen before the midterm cause we're almost in October. At yeah.
3: Date. Right. That's the thing. Um, so one of the other things, I want to put that Lindsey Graham tweet uh, 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 clip again about uh, telling Donald Trump basically to stay out of it. We haven't talked enough about Donald Trump's tweets about Christine Blasey Ford um, basically saying that if this was true and as bad as she says it was, she would have called the authorities, which is something so dumb that only a man would say. Like, again, if you're someone – and again, like I – I don't want to give anybody too much credit here, but like if you're a if, if you're a man and you don't understand why women don't come forward with yeah, these sexual assault yeah. assault stories, I understand I understood some of that. But if you watch what happened over this past week and I only say that because like men don't have to deal with this kind of garbage, Right, right. But if you watch what happened over this past week and you still don't get it, you're just not paying attention. And it's clear that Donald Trump is not.
6: Well, and it's really interesting because Republicans did learn from Anita Hill, right? Like, you've watched this week. They have not questioned Ford. They have blamed Feinstein. They have blamed the Democrats for timing. But they have made a real strategic effort to say she should say her piece. Now, behind the scenes, they are, you know, doing a lot to make sure that her piece is, you know, just a small amount. But they've really not criticized her. And... There was a real effort to make sure President Trump stayed quiet on this and he lasted like what a week yeah. and then um no, Friday I mean, he as isn't it Riz he, Riz calls it the he, devil's workshop he, he Yeah. Goes up yes. to his room and
3: tweets He did a pretty good job of like not going completely right? They insane. Right. were really
6: proud of him. Yeah. yeah
3: I heard. <laughs> we talked on the show yeah. we were just like wow this is remarkable restraint.
6: Because it was a real strategy to they understood you cannot Question, you know, they needed the, they needed Ford to come forward and give her account and they couldn't criticize her without hearing what she had to say. And they were very aware of that. And then Trump was Trump.
3: So Trump said some very nasty things. Uh, Lindsey Graham on Fox News Sunday yesterday basically tells Trump, just stay
1: out of it. I would advise the president to let us handle this. It is very true that a lot of women get abused and take it to their grave. And every now and then you have a situation where people uh, provide inaccurate information. So there's, as we talked about, a
3: new claim uh, from Deborah Ramirez, as the woman's name, uh, had uh, made an allegation about his behavior when they were students at Yale. Um, Donald Trump still supports him, even after the new claim, still supports him. We know that there is this Avenatti-represented um, mm-hmm. woman who um, We don't know a whole lot of detail about her or her story. Uh, I I would imagine we'll find out more in the coming days. I think so. I don't think that's going to be enough to get Donald Trump to back off. And let's just not forget that Donald Trump has multiple sexual harassment, sexual cases against him uh, and was caught on tape admitting to sexual assault.
6: And Trump has doubled down on people that like Roy Moore in Alabama, you know, who is running for Senate and a lot of the party abandoned Moore. I mean, the National Republican Senatorial Committee Chairman Cory Gardner was like, we're out. We're not touching this race. And Trump continued to support him. So. The president has this tendency to side with people he feel have been like wrongfully accused. Sure. and that Bill O'Reilly, he's, right. he had like
3: nice words about Bill O'Reilly. He hired Bill Shine, right. he has who covered this... up sexual assault at, at Fox News. So
6: this isn't something new. Um, right. But the difference on this is it's not just President Trump who's sticking with Kavanaugh. It's most Republicans are sticking with Kavanaugh right now, and they're saying there's not enough evidence. This is a coordinated smear. I really think it comes down and we're not even sure if it'll happen, but to Ford's testimony Thursday um, and then the more details we get from Ms. Ramirez and from whoever Avenatti's person is, it comes down to details and evidence. And is it enough to convince someone like Senator Susan Collins or Senator Lisa Murkowski or Jeff Flake who have questions about this and maybe they on one hand believe Kavanaugh, but they also think that these women are convincing, that's when I think you lose the vote.
3: You you talk about a low bar of this story that came out over the weekend that, oh, well, uh, Brett Kavanaugh has here in his calendar that he kept when he was a high school student that he definitely did not go to a drunken party.
6: I am also confused, first of all, why he keep a calendar for, like, it didn't
3: Ford happen. It also, didn't you, happen.
6: Right. You don't I write I feel like I can say tonight. that. tonight. Yeah.
3: Right. Like, I remember when I was in high school and I got caught with, you know, yeah. having stuff that I yeah. shouldn't have. I'd just lie about it. But I certainly didn't, didn't
6: keep a record. Calendar. Right. Right. You weren't writing like, yeah. No, That. that is a, it's an interesting defense. Um.
1: Oh, it's interesting. (laughs) It's
6: the flimsiest defense I've
4: ever heard.
3: Like, I'm reminded of like when I got caught with stuff, and my parents were like, "What are you doing with this?" You know, like if I had like you know like half a bottle of alcohol, like what are you doing with this? Uh, I was like, "I'm holding it for a friend."
6: I found it. Right, you weren't like in your calendar. Bring alcohol to party tonight.
3: Convinced a friend's older brother to (laughs) buy us alcohol. What a great time at this address at this time. Right. Are you crazy? you have to be a psychopath to do right. that. Right.
6: That's just one-on-one high school parties.
3: Yeah. Well, we only have about a minute left. Um, you know, there's really nothing on the calendar until Thursday. Yeah. So we're going to have several days to sit and stew over this and for more allegations to possibly come out. Uh, there are now... Two named women, three. Right. There's uh, a third woman. He
6: says that he has a different client.
3: Navinotti's client is a different woman, so there's there's now three women that we know of who have made these allegations. It's a long time to Thursday. That's a long road to get there.
6: Yeah, I think I think we'll be hearing more in the next few days about how they go forward, or I don't know. <laughs> we will Lots see what happens.
3: Eliza Collins from USA Today. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, And if you were able to just catch the last part of the show and didn't catch the whole show, remember the podcast is going to be up here very, very shortly. So make sure you go and check.